You're listening to The Last Word on Hockey with Jim Berenger, Coach Jay, and Mark Weiss on Northeast Streaming Sports. Welcome back to another Saturday night, and you know what that means. The last word on hockey show on Mad Radio Network, Northeast Streaming Sports. It's season two, episode 13. I'm your host, Jim Berenger, inside Studio 31, alongside Coach Jay and special guest Ron Grossman filling in for Mark Weiss, who is on assignment this week. Gentlemen, good to be back. Great to be here, too. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I know I texted you this morning when I found out Mark couldn't come on. I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, The last time you were on was really good. We had some really good discussions and hopefully have some more tonight, too. Should be a nice time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to kick it off. Last week when we got off from Monroe Township, a couple big news stories broke that we didn't get time to talk about. The first one was in this area, Jay and I's area, the New York Rangers traded Brandon Lemieux to the LA Kings only for a draft pick. They didn't really get much for him. But he was part of the trade that brought Jacob Truba to New York. So Neil Pionk went to Winnipeg and Truba and Lemieux went to New York. And I thought he actually fit in with the Rangers pretty well on that bottom, like bottom two lines. I don't know. What do you think, Jay? No, yeah, he did. I mean, when he came over, he was feisty like his dad. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to know something? I mean, what, we, what we're hearing now, too, is he requested to be traded. And um, as a Ranger fan, I was saying before Lemieux got traded that Lemieux can't be the only enforcer on this Ranger team. And they got rid of him. So now they're basically relying on who to protect these young guys. And he wasn't it. And he really wasn't playing like that anymore, you know? So, you know, he, he wanted out. We have a lot of, we have Kratzoff coming up uh, today, um, but they need some toughness. I mean, they got, they got him for a fourth round pick, I guess, you know, I mean, I mean, it's sorry to see him go, but, his play was start. I mean, I don't. I can't blame him. He's a small guy. I mean, you're asking a small guy to take a, take on big guys and fight for your young guys against guys who are starting to pummel our young guys. As a Ranger fan, we need more guys like him, bigger. So, I mean, for him, it's good. For the Rangers, they got to do something for the remainder of the season to have someone to protect their young guys. Jay. When they brought Messe over in 94, what happened in New York? Well, Messe could take care of himself. Never yeah. mind when they brought Graves over. You know, um, Rangers don't have anyone like that other than on the D side with, you know, Brendan Smith and 
uh, uh, oh, Fox Linquist, not Linquist. Yeah. Okay, I got it right. Um, but they have no one other than other than guys grinding, playing third line, who will grind is not fighters. No one's going to scare anybody, you know, from taking liberties on guys. And that that's a bigger problem for me with the Rangers right now. Yeah, but it wasn't. But also Lemieux lost, lost, lost ice time because of injury, too. I mean, that's not like a big reason why you should lose your starting job. It never should be a reason. But sometimes when you lose your your spot because of injury and a guy steps up and you're out of the lineup, Coach is like, hey, wait a minute, you came back in, but the guy we have in here for for us right now is doing better than what you were doing. And to have Kratzoff come into the lineup now, that's a good thing for the Rangers because yeah. there's a reason they signed him, there's a reason they drafted him, yeah. there's reasons there's so much expectations on him. And the way the Rangers are playing now, they're pushing towards that final playoff spot in a tough East division. Philadelphia is struggling. Boston picked up a wild win today. It was crazy. 7-5 was the final. Yeah. I mean, 12 goals. I, I didn't expect that between those two teams. But the Rangers are moving in the right direction. And you and I, at the beginning of this, when we our first episode, we were talking about the East Division. We had slated that the Rangers could be a team that could challenge for that fourth spot in the East Division. Yeah. As long as it's Shashurskin, you know, let's be honest, Shashurskin needs to stay healthy for them to have that real chance. As we all say, it's goalie out. And their defense is really, really good with guys down the pike that are ready to come up too. So their goalie, defense, offense, it's just the toughness part of keeping guys honest from take, you know, from running our guys as it gets deeper with the last, last 20 games, trying for the playoffs, to have, you know, maybe they have guys down on the farm that they need to bring up that are going to, you know, fight, be rugged, you know, make sure that, you know, look what, look what Morin did to Lemieux from the Flyers, grabbed his hair, put him down. I mean, he's six foot seven against Lemieux, five foot seven. And I'm like, holy cow. I mean, this is the guy going after sticking up for his teammates is Lemieux. It's almost like Lemieux for how he plays which they need more of. And they traded him? Yeah, they, they traded, traded him to him. L.A. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my thing as a Ranger fan, which, you know, we can't go back to the Broadway guys that walk on the carpet to come into the garden. I mean, these are all talented guys. Cratch, so they can maybe score a lot of goals. Who's going to protect these guys from getting reamed in the middle of the ice from the corners when it gets really rough and they're playing for the playoffs, these other teams aren't going to take it light on them because the NHL is going to say, Oh, take it light on the Rangers. You know, they're, you know, they're the New York Rangers. As Sounds Rangers, like, yeah, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, and, and living through the Smurfs, living through the Smurfs, if the rain, I mean, I'm sure that there's a plan and the last draft, the Rangers did draft a lot of tough guys, big guys, size guys. So, but they need something now to help protect these guys over the remainder of this season. And Lafreniere needs to get on the ice. Quinn has to stop with what he's doing with seven minutes a game. Yeah, this well, that's not, I've always had a problem with that. Don't, that's a different subject for a different I'm sorry. day because <laughs> no, because but now you're gonna get me started on it. And it's okay because I've always had an issue with guys that are drafted high 
that are good players. They're star players for a reason or could be potential star players and are being played third and fourth line minutes. And everybody wonders why the guy's not any good. Well, he's not playing with players he can, should be playing with. He's playing exactly. with grinders, and that doesn't help him. You think no. Austin Matthews was playing on the, the bottom six when he no. came into Maple Leafs? No, he was put in a position to succeed. You saw in Long Island, I always use this as the case, and you don't need a rider in, with the Islanders, was not producing. He was, I was like, ah, oh, we don't know what's wrong. We need a need a rider. Then he went, goes to Minnesota and then goes to Columbia, um, Carolina. And he's the player that everybody thought he was going to be because he's playing with guys he should be playing with. And speaking of a guy that's doing really well is Keith Kincaid. We've talked about it. He's stepped up big time and knows his role as a backup. And Ron, Keith was up there with Montreal last year. And he, I think he struggled a little bit. He's found his game this year, but could, do you see any differences in his game or is it just the guys in front of him are helping him with more confidence this year? Good segue. Fits the Lemieux trade. Fits the stuff that Jay was saying a moment ago. Some guys need a change of scenery. And when they get the change of scenery, it can be other players around them. They're going to be matched up with coach, assistant coach who reaches them. That could work. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking now, it's, we're only one week past the Canadians off their COVID um, right. uh, pro provided rest. But it, I think that extra week, for example, has allowed the coach in Montreal to get the ear of his team a little better. And, and that was helpful. It wasn't, wasn't prescribed, so to speak, that they wanted no. it. But yeah. Kincaid came, came down to your guys wasn't exactly a guy that worked out for Canadians last year. And now you've got Lemieux that you've just said, and Jay, you made a point there a moment ago, which, which makes me to ask both of you the following question. You described Lemieux as going up against a six foot seven guy from the Flyers, forget the name. Okay, sounds a lot like uh, Gallagher here in Montreal, who sits in the crease, takes all the abuse from everybody. And I remember him getting into it with Chara when Chara was still at the Bruins. Now, you all, we all know how big Chara is. Mm -hmm. Didn't back down. He stood his ground on this guy's like <laughs> a foot and a half taller than him. Yeah. Why are you trading? And, and I mean, we can ask the question here. It's easy for us to ask the questions. Why are you trading a guy who's got it in him that he's going to stand up for his guys and you're trading him for something. I think something must've happened that he fell into disfavor with um, New York coaching and, and, and management. Um, and I mean, how do you rebuild the team? I think your team is uh, in the middle of a, of a rebuild, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yep. my team as well. I mean, the Devils are clearly in a in a rebuild. The Rangers. Well, are, the Devils have done well, right? But the Rangers are a step ahead of the Devils when it comes to rebuild. Like the Rangers are contending for a playoff spot. The Devils are probably two or three years away from doing that. Yeah, but they're all ahead of Buffalo. So yeah, well, oh. that I mean, oh. that's just easy. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> well. I and Stahl's coming to Montreal, and he's not playing there either. But um, isn't isn't tonight his first game though? 
last I heard last night, he still wasn't going to be playing. So that okay, have, so so he might he might have maybe a couple more days in the quarantine before he can. Uh, no, they changed the quarantine in Canada. Be, uh, the, the government here allowed it for uh, the trading period. Um, while you guys continue on, I'm just going to check here and find out, is uh, Stahl playing tonight? Because I thought I saw his name. I thought the Canadians posted a picture on Twitter today with, with his name on the locker stall. So, no pun intended. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, look. I agree with you, Jay. Like you shouldn't be trading a guy that sticks up for other guys in your lineup when you Absolutely. don't have that to begin with. Like yeah. the Rangers really don't have, I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of Ranger games this year. I, I clearly they don't have it, but they're playing well based on skill, but that only wins in a regular season. We see it so often. doesn't matter how much skill you have in a regular season, come to playoffs. You need to learn how to grind and be physical. And if you don't yeah. have those type of players, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, um, who knows what's going to happen with tr with this trade deadline? What Nine days away. Nine days away. I mean, they, they, they have to see this. They, I hope. I mean, J.D., you know, as the president of the team, has to, has to see this. I mean, you want to protect your assets – you know, if these guys get run down, I mean, who are you building? Who are you building around? Who do you have to build around? I mean, these teams aren't going to take it, you know, light on them, especially when they're in the playoff picture. Right, this is they when are. you get grindier and dirtier. You so, have to. There's, it's not going to be off season stop. Oh, we're going to have 2014 return to playoff again. Up, oh, we're going to put you in. No, 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 no. You're going to have to go work the last 20 games of the season to get into the playoffs and the teams in the East are not going to give it to you. Even the teams at the bottom, which include the devils and the Sabres, mm -hmm. they're not giving it to you there. You're going to have to win games and you're going to have to play well in those games. Now devils and Rangers have a big four game set coming up soon. I wouldn't be shocked to see Keith Kincaid play against his old team. He'd, probably get a start or two and maybe get a victory or two. Who knows? But you and I were texting about him and he's played really well for the Rangers. And who, I mean, look, I had said at the beginning of the year, I was talking with somebody that we, that I have a mutual friend with Kincaid. He's like, look, watch him steal a starting job or at least a backup role. And sure enough, he did. It looks like, listen, it looks like, unfortunately, and I, I'm just saying this. And I mean, there's a lot of things we can come up with in theory, but, can Gorgiev be traded? I mean, you got Toronto's Huska. looking for a goalie. You have Huska, yes, and you have Huska in Hartford, who's playing really well. I mean, but then again, may may not do it after the season to protect on the Seattle draft because right. that's what we thought when they signed Kincaid. It was to protect Gorgiev because you didn't have to expose Gorgiev because you have to expose at least one goalie. Right. But as far as the future, and, and it looks like they can run Kincaid as the backup because look what they did with Shashirsky. Remember, I was saying it was a day, uh, two game, two days in a row. Shashirsky comes back from the groin. And I'm like, yeah. why are they starting him again? They started him the next day after he played and had 40 shots and 30 something shots again. I'm like, 
you know, I've been playing Gorgiev, so that was a sign of almost there's a point of of do they trust do they have they lost trust in Gorgiev? They got they could. I mean, look, they did it last year too. I remember in Philadelphia, like when Shesterkin was nursing an injury, Gorgiev played like played in Ottawa and he played in Philadelphia, kept rolling him because he was hot. But here you got a guy in Kincaid who showed you he can win games. And Shesterkin is doing his thing. So the Rangers are pretty set. And like I said, the Flyers are starting to struggle are struggling. I shouldn't say start. They are still struggling, even though they yeah. got a win here and there. Boston's starting to pick it up. Pittsburgh's rolling. The Islanders and Washington are battling for top spot. It's a, it's a mess in that East division. It's going to be fun. 20 games left. The deadline is next Monday already. Where yeah. Where time yeah. go? It's crazy. Well, but, guys, now you know, now you see the real Montreal coming out in me. I want the Rangers to knock out the Bruins because if you're from if you're from Montreal, we hate the Bruins. Yo, everybody hates the Bruins in Montreal. You need his Devils. His Devils have Devils the can do so. Well, the Devils Devils can't. I mean, they they've lost twice to the Bruins, not in regulation though. So who knows? Well, speaking, is, of, speaking of those Montreal Canadiens, yes, sir. As Ron said, they had a week off. Because of COVID, not their fault. Uh, one of their players, Joel Mar Armia, tested positive. So Canadian government's like, nope, you guys aren't playing. They shut it down. They came back, looked real strong. Looked like the team that everybody thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year before they had that little slump. But before they came back, General Manager Mark Bergevin signed their first-round draft pick, Cole Caulfield, to his entry-level deal. And Ron, I know from reading Montreal boards and talking to a lot of Canadians fans, they are excited for this kid to come into this lineup. Well, they may be excited, but don't get ex don't get overexcited. You got to get here, and you got to be able to do the job. Um, let's let's be reminded of 2009 when they signed a guy by the name of Louis LeBlanc from the West Island of Montreal. Had been where did he play? I think he played at uh, Boston College. He was in, he was uh, top uh, top notch NCAA. They drafted, brought him to the Quebec Junior League. He played two years there. And then they started bringing him up and down, up and down between Hamilton, which was the uh, AHL team, and Montreal. He became nothing. In fact, I would joke with my two of my kids who were still living at home at the time, and I said. His real name is Blank Louie because he can't <laughs> do nothing. <clears throat> so, you know, this guy Caulfield. All right. I, I saw some clips of him in the, uh, the recent NCAA tourney. Looks good amongst his peers. Let's be honest. Jumping yes. through the big leagues. He's, he's in the American League. They got him in Laval, north of Montreal, and the American and the AHL team there, Canadians team there. Let's see how he does at the pro level, just one notch below. But they I mean, had LeBlanc the same place, and he he's re, he retired at 25 years of age. Wow, too young. Too young, but here's something. Uh, I, I spent a number of years working in, in, in pro baseball, the AAA, and some big league levels, other work. I didn't work for the teams. I worked with the teams. 
And we started noting, especially after the 94 strike. Now, this is baseball. Right. But it, there's a similarity here. We had guys in the minor leagues at 23, 24 years of age. And I, I did a lot of counseling with guys and everything. And they would come to talk to me and said, you know, I'm thinking of retiring and I'm going to go back to school and finish my master's degree. I, one particular guy sticks out. I said to him, you're a young guy. You're 23. You'll be 24 this year. You so he looked at me and he said, I've made my money and I really don't need to play anymore. I'm going wow. to quit, go back to school. Now, that was after the 94 strike, the MLB strike. Yeah, it was a tough year. Expos were rolling. Yeah. Could have been going to the World Series. Probably could have yeah. met up with the Yankees that year. So, yeah, yeah. it was it. Here's the thing, though. All of pro sports, whether it's the NHL, MLB, NFL, they're all making big bucks. The, we know the NHL is at the bottom of that totem. Right, yeah. But they're all making big bucks. And Louis LeBlanc didn't need to play hockey anymore at, at 25 years of age. He put it away. He put it. He hung it up. He's living back in the Boston area, from what I read today. So that was, that was Louis. But it's it's going to be the same thing with this kid Caulfield. If he's got it in him to do it, he'll get up to the big leagues soon enough. But if he hasn't got it in him, um, it doesn't matter how big a draft pick you are. Uh, if you just don't have the goods to take it beyond NCAA, good hockey. Absolutely nothing wrong with it is hockey. Uh, Canadian Junior Hockey League, Cross Canada, it's the feeding, it's the feeding pond for the right. NHL. But if it's only a small percentage of those guys who get to the big leagues from all of the teams, and it's it's it can be a hit or miss. But you know, where where did guys like um Braden um uh what was his name? We were talking about him before, Rangers. Oh, Brandon Lemieux. Brandon, sorry, Brandon Lemieux. They all came out of the same system. They either played junior or they played NCAA if they're here in North America. And if you're going to make it, you're going to make it. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to make it if you have the goods. But you know what? Nobody has to play forever anymore because they're making big money to sign big bonuses to sign. And it doesn't matter which league, which league it is. What the Canadians are missing, and I've said this for years now, Canadians are missing, the Rangers are missing, Jay. Every team that isn't at the top of the, of the pack are missing what used to be called the power forward. Mm -hmm. And the epitome of the power forward, we all know, once upon a time, was Gordie Howe. Yes, agreed. Yeah. agreed. You know what a Gordie Howe hat-trick is? Absolutely. Yeah. Fight, goal, and an assist. And well, you know. The Brendan Shanahan's. Uh, the Brendan, Brendan Shanahan's Shanahan special. You know. Or Connor McDavid. Oh, yeah. Or Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But I was going to say so, Caulfield did well at Wisconsin. He's up for the Hobie Baker, 30 goals, yeah. 31 games. You know, all, everybody knows the stat lines. He had a decent last year. He had an okay World Juniors. This year, he had a better world juniors i wouldn't say he had the greatest world juniors but he had a better one everybody was excited when ryan palin came in 
for the Canadians. Had that four goal night against Toronto. Yeah. It hasn't really worked out for him. He's mostly been in Laval. Mm-hmm. You got to, with guys like this, you got to manage expectations. You got to manage certain things. Like Jay, what I was saying with Lafreniere going into the, the season, everybody's crowning him, you know, called their trophy. They did it with Hughes the year before. And you have to Kako. manage ex- same and with Kako. Last year. You gotta manage expectations and realistic expectations. Caulfield is a goal scorer. That's what he is. He could be like Patrick Liney. He may not play the greatest defense in the world, but he's a goal scorer. And goal scorers are streaky. Yep. So hopefully he can hone his craft in the ball and not be rushed. So when he does enter the lineup he can be effective for the Canadians going forward. I don't know if I see him entering the lineup this year just because they're battling for that fourth spot in the North going on. You know, Winnipeg's obviously up there, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, and they have Perry coming in out of the lineup. And Eric stalls it with the team now. So we'll see what they do there. But I, I think his future is really good. I like the signing. But again, got to take baby steps with these players. I think so. But then they also have to be ready to take the steps. Yes. It's, just, it's not the mental same. toughness. They need yeah. that mental toughness to take here, the bumps and come back. Here and yeah. here. Oh, absolutely. I'm 5'6. I'm 5'7. I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you, you have to have the mentality. Okay, I get hit. All right, I'm getting back up. I'm going to come through. I got to work. I know I have to work. This is what that's I have why, to do. That's why I played goal, by the way. Get out oh, of my head. I started a goalie at seven years old, seven years old, too, when the teenagers took advantage of me and put me in there with no equipment. And I came back the next day and I said, I want to play goal after they shot at me. It t- that, that was just what I, you know, hey, I wanted to do it. And uh, I played up to, you know, ice and roller and uh, goalie and forward and whatever, but I knew my role. I knew my role, too. Well, that's the point, the role. You know your place. And if, if, if you've got it to, to, to be a goaltender, you know. And you have to enjoy what you're doing also. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. I love and speaking, it. And speaking of, like I said, we'll get to McDavid in a minute. But Jay reminded me, I was listening to a show today, and they were talking about a goaltender. And we're, we're staying on goalies right now because – I got two right here, so I want to claim he's going. A retired one here, by the way. Retired, but it's okay. Oh, I'm retired too. Absolutely yeah. retired. Well, I'm but, retired. Both knees replaced, retired. So I became disabled. My that put me out. It took my comebacks away. Let's put it that way. Yeah, let's put it that way. But anyway, so okay. Jack Campbell. I know it's the Toronto Maple Leaf, and I know it's one of the arch rivals of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> But Jack Campbell is 8-0 to start the season with the Maple Leafs. He's in some pretty good territory. That includes Jock Plant, by the way. Uh, him and another guy. I forgot. I heard the stat. I forgot who the other goalie was. Are the only Ken two Dryden. guys to start? What? Ken Dryden. To start the season 8-0. He's got a 1.35 goals against average and a .951 save percentage. And Freddie Anderson is, I don't know, the injury – could be a groin. We don't know. Supposedly, it's not long-term. But 
do the do the the uh, Maple Leafs need to add somebody, or do you just ride Jack Campbell? Because speaking of roles, because he was pegged as a starter, but he's a really good backup. And it do you ride him too much to where he if he starts to lose the confidence goes away to a point like you saw with Dallas where they had to start maybe bringing a guy like Andre in just so Hudobin could get a day off. Jay, go up first. Well, who who's who's the backup to Campbell? Hutchinson. Oh, Hutchinson. So, yeah. But, mm. <laughs> yeah, because they Freddie's not supposed to be out long term. And but, and he's a he's a UFA, and if and he's Campbell, a UFA, so if, if you have found something in Jack Campbell, do you go you find a him. guy like an Aaron Dell or a backup like a Gorgiev to help Campbell? That way, you could find money for to keep Zach Hyman around. Yeah, yeah, possibility. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. But you know, goaltenders and Jay, you know what to say to this. I think what the three of us would know: goaltenders um, develop later sometimes. Yes, and, and when they do, when they do, they can really be good. Now, who Canadians have Jake Allen as their backup? Yeah, he was he was in St. Louis. Up until the year they won the Stanley Cup, but he oh, lost he was there. He was there. Yeah, yep. he was there up until that year. That's where he, that was his last year. He won the Stanley Cup with him, but he lost his job to a kid that came out of nowhere. Now, Alan's a bit older. This guy Campbell in Toronto, he's been bouncing around for about 10 years. Yeah. Won't be the first time that a goaltender just finally clicks at 29, 30 years of age and gets uh, seven or eight years in, seven or eight good years. I'm crossing sports here right now, but Bautista with oh, the, yes. 28, 29 years old, bounced around out of the Pirates system. They unloaded him to Toronto and we all know what happened his first yes, school year. we do. 54 mm -hmm. home runs. Now it's another sport, but it's still, it's an athlete. And yes. some guys just develop a little bit later. And when it comes together, it's like, bam, there it is. I mean, like, like you said, Jim, I mean, the whole thing is, do they make a deal in case Campbell goes down? I don't know if they have the, to go back to Anderson. If, I mean, they'll have to go back to Anderson. Well, that's it. That's, that's not making the play that's not make that's not making your playoff one. Maybe I think they may make a deal. Like Look, you said, I mean, when you go ball. into the playoffs, you're gonna need Anderson to be healthy. I don't know if Jack Campbell's your guy going in to the Stanley Cup playoffs because you paid Frederick Anderson money to be your guy in the playoffs. And but like we said, we really don't know what the injury is and how long he's supposed to be out. He's still, he's still out of the lineup, but I don't think they're confident enough to ride Campbell and Hutchinson. So they're definitely going to have to get somebody. It's a question of who do they want to get? Well, somebody's going to be on the taxi squad there. Yeah, somebody has to be on the taxi yeah. squad. And, you know, they have to hope that he, they, the guy they want to designate to the taxi squad clears waivers. Otherwise, you lose them. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot, pardon the expression. But uh, it won't be the first time that a guy has come out of nowhere late in the season or right. halfway in the season. And Andrew I always, Hammond. 
Yeah, but he was very short-lived. He didn't get passed. Yes, I know, but I'm saying he came out. He came out of nowhere, and the Senators were were like 15 and 0, got into the playoffs. So here's something that kind of connects with what we were talking about a few moments ago. Like you said, Billington proved it. Yeah, Billington proved it. Yeah, Billington proved it. He was bounced around too. I think. Yeah, he did. He was he was at the Bruins AHL or ECHL team. Then came back to St. Louis because their goalies were all hurt. Goes in a lineup, boom, when it goes on a run. So when a goalie, when a goalie gets hot, look you out. Ride him, yeah. That's and you do, you ride him. But in I, I think what it comes, it's 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 the same in, in all the big league sports. Uh, you're paying one guy the big bucks to be your number one guy. You want him out, out there earning the money. Otherwise, you got to unload him. Or if he's a UFA, like you're talking about Anderson, you're going to have to either decide to let him go and you've got someone else that you are going to be happy with or not. Hey, listen, here's another example of someone who came out of nowhere late in the season, NCAA, and went all the way to the Stanley Cup, 1971, Ken Dryden. I mentioned his name earlier today. Kenny Dryden, there he is. But he was ready yes yeah you see you've yeah. got to got to be ready you've got to ha- you got to have it here and here and he had it and um well, he Canadians rode him to that stanley cup they weren't supposed to win that year well it's like what was it uh in 86 with patrick uh Rua came out of nowhere and just right. came into the lineup and the rest is history that's right and how many stanley cups and and uh and Vesna trophies later. Um, exactly. All of, all of fame. You got to go. If it, it, Jay said it earlier. Starts from the net out. And uh, it, it used to be in Montreal. If you had goaltending, good defense, but you had power up the middle. I mean, they had, I'm wearing Bellavo's jersey tonight, Guy Lafleur, Steve Shutt. I'm talking about back in the 70s now, 70s into the early 80s. Guys who knew how to score. But here's the other thing. You didn't push them around. No. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, you said about Messier. Yeah, yeah, you don't push them around. You can't push nope. them around. Like, that's this league. And, you know, it's a good transition about pushing guys around because, you know, when Gretzky played, he had Semenko, he had McSorley. Today's player doesn't really have that anymore because the game has changed. So you see certain guys certain players have a different set of rules. Now everybody can cry and complain about whatever, but Connor McDavid did get a high elbow on Jesperi Kakadiemi during a game this week. I know Mark, I know Joe Allen, I know a bunch of guys I talked with were like, oh, suspension coming. I knew immediately it wasn't coming because I was like, all right, this is McDavid. No. He got a $5,000 fine for an elbow. Change. You saw what I wrote. Trump change. Trump change. But it goes to the point of, you know, I understand it's a hard work at the Department of Player Safety. This is why I don't think player, past players should be. This is from, and again, this is being taken from Gord Miller from TSN. I agree with him. I don't think past players should really be in the Department of Player Safety because it's hard to measure. McDavid gets zero games and a $5,000 fine for an elbow on Cockatiemi to the head. Chandler Stevenson 
a day and a half later, elbows a guy, similar play, three games. If it's Tom Wilson, it's probably the rest of the season. I understand certain guys get away with certain things. McKinnon threw his helmet in frustration. All right, big deal. But the standards of taking headshots seriously and taking suspension seriously goes down the drain. And why people make fun of it is when you say spin the wheel because you don't know what you're going to get. You have to have some standards. McDavid needed a game or two just to sit him down. He has a history. I understand it was two years ago. The dude still elbowed a guy in frustration. It's still a penalty, and it still was warranted suspension. Now, you could go on Edmonton. They're going to be like, ah, no no penalty. And obviously, where Ron is, everybody's, you know, looking $3, for $3,074.21. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hair, pulling hair and dragging a guy down. You can't. Well, I might as well just do it. I'm up three to three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to do it. Well, look at earlier in the year, Ovechkin speared a guy below the belt, got a fine. Price should have been a suspension, but it's Ovechkin. It's Ovechkin and it's McDavid and it's uh, Austin Crosby. Matthews. Crosby took Mathot's fingers off in the playoffs. Crosby. Now you mentioned all these names. These are the elite players in exactly. the league. Exactly. Rarely are we going to see them get big, big penalties outside of from uh, suspension, etc. But again, at the same time, I'm going to put a little bit of a different um, mix on this. Okay, I, I like watched, it. I watched that game the other night, and there's two things that stand out to me. One, it doesn't excuse what McDavid did. He was so frustrated. I mean, Canadians just wrapped them up that night. It was also their first game back, and they played well. They did. And the Oilers were playing the back end of a back-to-back, which they didn't find yeah. out they were playing till the night before, after they played Toronto. But still. Yeah, but you know what? If you're in the big leagues, and this is the situation that we have this year, the shortened schedule, and it's a, it's a schedule subject to change, it had to be changed. And yeah, it was not easy for Edmonton to to go from Toronto to Montreal. But you know what? You can drive Toronto to Montreal in less than six hours. And they got on a chartered plane and it's they don't get treated so bad. And it's not such a bad situation for these guys. He was just frustrated that he couldn't do anything that night. And there's the other side of it, too. How much of the of the evening did Kotkaniemi go up against McDavid? And there's something about Kotkaniemi that kind of rubs me the wrong way too. Even though he's with my team, still rubs me the wrong way. He's still a goofy, don't, I don't take it serious enough kid. And it's time to stop playing like you're 19 years old. It's the big leagues. Guys, get with the program. Grow up. You can't play and, and uh, play the way he does sometimes. And he's just not in the game. Kotkaniemi sometimes is just not in the game. And did he do something else that not, none of the three of us saw that night that just rubbed McDavid the wrong way? The elite guys have the integrity to want to play the game for what it means. They're the elite guys for that reason. 
did our guy, Kotkaniemi, do something that ticked him off? Doesn't excuse the elbow to the head, but might just explain some of it. It's a very good point of view right there. And that's coming it, from him on a guy on a team that he roots for. Right. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll leave it at well, that. He ain't one of my favorites, guys. I can tell you that. But no. I don't make decisions. Yeah. We, we all have those guys that we hate playing against, but we would love to have them on our team. Well, yeah. Claude Lemieux was one of those guys. Pat Verbeek was one of those guys. Let me tell you something about Lemieux when he was with Montreal. He would go down. He would, he would take a – it looked like he was, it would take a dive. He'd get hit, and he'd dive to the ice, and he'd be rolling around like hmm. someone had dissected his liver out of him. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, and the other guys in the team after a while just said – they just skated by him, didn't do nothing, didn't do nothing. But I want to tell you, that was during the 85, 86 season. I remember, I remember it well. Then came the playoffs and Lemieux played like his pants were on fire continuously. He was made for Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, he won Stanley Cups back to back. Um, and he had that fire inside of him play to win, especially in playoff time when it counts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the Devils. I mean, he was the he's a Conn Smythe Trophy winner in 95. Then he signs with Colorado and wins in 96. Yeah. And he, and he stepped up for the Avalanche, too. Yeah. Well, he wanted to be there with Patrick Waugh because they played together 10 years earlier in Monterey. Yeah. Well, so. but, that, but he signed as a free agent prior to Patrick coming there, though. Yeah, he did. But he wanted to be there. He knew what was going on. And he wanted that team was that Colorado team was on was the was on the ascent. Yeah, it wasn't until December that year that that big trade happened. Yeah, well, we all know and what I happened think, with that trade. And my <laughs> team has never been no, no, the same. They have not been the same. Wow. It's wow. like it's like Babe Ruth being traded to the New York Yankees <laughs> for $100,000, and, yep. and the Red Sox were never the same again. Until they won it. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that because remember- No, we're not going to talk about oh, that. We don't like anything Boston. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but it's right. crazy because, like, the Canadians, are, they're actually playing really well. They, I'm going to be honest, they played their best game against Ottawa the other night. Like, Yeah, they did. All season. Yeah. All season. I mean, Carey Price looked good. I mean, the entire team looked really well because they've struggled against the Senators this year. They struggle against them all the time. All the time. Teams like that with that high energy that don't stop usually give teams that with a lot of talent that want to glide more, they, they, they frustrate the heck out of them. They're the I pesky sends for a reason. Yes. I've nicknamed yeah, I mean, them that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're pesky. They also have that guy Matthew Kachuk that everybody loves to hate. <laughs> well, tell you. Everybody hates the kid. Everybody, if you're Matthew or Brady or doesn't matter, they don't <laughs> like you. Well, yeah. anyway, if he were on my team, I'd probably like him. But exactly the guy you you exactly the guy that you hate playing against, you would love on your team, like he's taking it. Yeah, like ticket. And those guys in the guy. playoffs are, are are those are guys like the Lemuse in the playoffs, the Brad Marchants. 
Oh. Come on. Yes, yes. Let's not go there. We're not, yeah, not going to go there. I know. I know. Listen, <laughs> my, wife, my wife, I have to mention this. My wife called it the other night. We were watching that game. And they took that penalty with less than two minutes to go. And it cost Jake Allen his shutout. Um, my, my point being, not just about Canadians here right now, it's whether it's Rangers, whether it's going to be Devils, whether Canadians, Maple Leafs, you want to win. There's an old adage that Con uh, uh, Smite once said years ago when he first owned the Maple Leafs. And he said this, you can't score from the penalty box. Right. Fun fact of the night, right there, you can't score from the penalty box. And it's true, you cannot. Yeah. You take penalties, you're going to lose the game, especially if your penalty kill isn't the greatest. However, on the flip side, if your power play is clicking, you're going to win a lot of hockey games in the National Hockey League because it's made for offense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I wanted to tell you, we, we were talking on this before, um, Stahl is not going to be in the uh, lineup for Canadians tonight. He and Armia are still on the COVID unavailable list. All right, so Stahl's not in the lineup tonight, but he's probably, I think he's like a couple of days away at least. Perhaps. Tyler Toffoli is back for Canadians. Oh, look out. So, you know, it, it might be, might just do something for Habs tonight. Um, I thought that Jake Evans has uh, picked it up for Montreal in uh, recent days. Um, but um, as a whole, um, it, it was an, these first two games back from the COVID lockdown for Canadians, they've looked better. They've looked rested, but they're go it's going to be tough going. They've got uh, 20 games in the next 24 days. And that's a lot well, of... I mean, they won't be the only one because Vancouver's going through it right now with their COVID, with that yeah. strain that's kicking their butt. Like players, multiple players, over 10 at least I've heard, got it. And they're shut down through at least next week. Yeah. So, I, didn't I mean, know they're going to be they're gonna be playing a ton of games in a short period. I didn't know it was 10, but that's, that's a lot of... That's half your lineup right there. Right. So, and, and you did, you know, this is, uh, this type of illness is such that you, yeah, these guys may be younger than a couple of us here, perhaps. Um, they may, um, be at the peak of their careers, um, et cetera, and have access to some great medical care. Let's, let's be straight about it. But this, this illness is nothing to sneeze at. And no, it, it is not. And no, it's it is not. Hard coming back it's just not easy coming back it doesn't matter how best the shape you are in doesn't matter you see a buffalo risk the line and still not in a lineup um or if he is he's not 100 percent. certain guys have 100 percent said it they've been affected by it yeah yeah look it's a bit with the rangers he's finally over it he finally kicked it so we'll see to fully back in the lineup tonight Canadians play Senators on the hockey night. Should be a fun one to watch. Ron, thank you so much for filling in for Mark, for coming on, talking about Montreal, the Rangers, everything in between. Jay, as always, the expertise on the goalies and, and your Rangers have been awesome. It's been fun. It's been real. 
let's hope to do it again next week. I'm your host, Jim Berenger. This has been The Last Word on Hockey on Mad Radio Network, Season 2, Episode 13. We hope to see everybody next week. Thank you again, and have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Ron. You too, Gay. Jay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care.